The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. Every sports media star has a story. From the highs... We are number one. We just grabbed every key demographic. <laughs> to the lows... You're fired! The path to success is always different. To help you learn more about the industry's top broadcasters, Barrett Sports Media brings you the Sports Talkers Podcast. Now, here's your host, Stephen Strong. Oh, it is back. Basketball season. Sports Talkers Podcast, Stephen Strom here. Great to have you aboard. Justin Termini, the host of NBA Today on SiriusXM, NBA Channel 86. He joins us today. He hosts a show with Eddie Johnson Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 in the afternoon on the East Coast. He's been at SiriusXM for 17 years, and he's our guest today. We talk about his broadcasting journey and what led him to SiriusXM. I'm really excited to share his story with you guys. We also get into a little bit of the Charles Barkley deal that he just got with TNT, 10 years, $200 million. And then just the era of where we are at in radio with these fake Twitter accounts. And unfortunately, Justin was pranked, whatever you want to call it, he read something on Twitter. He thought it was true. He brought it to his national show, and yes, it, it wasn't true. So you want to definitely hear that story as well. Uh, make sure to rate, subscribe, and review the Sports Talkers podcast, BarrettSportsMedia.com. That is always appreciated as we are ready to go here. Let's bring him on. Without further ado, Justin Termini. It is the best time of the year, and we're pumped to have you on. Let's start here with your broadcast journey. When did you first start to broadcast, and when did the idea of this as a career first set in for you? Well, I mean, like almost immediately. Uh, so back in like even the second grade, my father was a, a broadcaster, but he did like the, the music. So he's spinning like the top 40 stuff. Uh, and I just fell in love with sports. So I would like always go to school and I'd be mimicking his voice. And I would do like the, the reading in front of the class and everybody would kind of get on my case because I would have the different inflection. Uh, so I knew like immediately that it was either going to be, you know, broadcasting or it was going to be playing the actual sport. Uh, and then once I got into high school, I was still able to play at a decent level. But I said, you know what, thinking of the future, I'm going to stop playing, which was a hard decision. Where'd you play at? Uh, so I went to Xavier High School in uh, in Connecticut. Nice. Uh, Jeff Bagwell made it out of their baseball. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't think we had anybody from the basketball <laughs> uh, angle of it. Uh, and when I got there, I made the decision starting junior year to, to make the switch over to broadcasting. Uh, I did a couple of internships on the radio side and then on the television side for like local cable access. Uh, I just started broadcasting the games, uh, you know, so hauling the equipment out to the games. Uh, calling the games, got my first taste of it, and I you know, absolutely loved it. So did you want to do play-by-play, or did you want to host a radio show? Uh, I always wanted to host a radio show. So I, I love the play-by-play thing as well, and I sure. wouldn't mind if I fell into that. And when I went to college at Emerson College in Boston, which ironically enough now has a bunch of guys in the NBA from the front office uh, angle, uh, I, I called their I called their games uh, from freshman through senior year. I just brought like a little tape recorder, yep. I broadcasted the games. Now they have like a whole blown setup where it's like that's a great school to go to, to if you want to do play by play because they they do like different camera angles, whole big setup. But back when I was doing it, it was just a microphone uh, recorder. I would do the play by play and. Uh, you know, got the taste of it, and I would have loved to have done play-by-play, but sports talk, growing up listening to Mike and the Mad Dog was always the the goal, and then when I got to Sirius, like, it was perfect timing, 
because not only could I do like a daily sports talk show, but I could do one just specifically towards the NBA, which was oh. always my favorite. So I just fell, I, you know, I fell right into the perfect timing. Beautiful story. And, and so let's talk about when you graduated, what were the steps that you took? Where did you start? Let's, let's first hear about that post-college. So uh, right out of college uh, at Emerson, I took, a, uh, I took two jobs where I was like doing sales on the side. Uh, and uh, I was selling my own airtime and then I would go into, uh, you know, do the radio shows, but I was making maybe like, uh, uh, you know, not even $500 a month, uh, living just outside of Boston. So I couldn't sustain that. Uh, so one day I just said to myself, like, what the hell are you doing? I got up and I left, I was probably unemployed for like two months. I got an offer to do play-by-play at uh, some minor league team in Iowa. I was about to accept it. And then I said, like, what, what the hell am I thinking? I have to <laughs> live with the family. I have to mow their lawn. I got to get paid, like, you know, maybe $200 a month. It was, like, not feasible. So I turned that down, took a job behind the scenes at Sirius. Wow. Yeah. And uh, what was funny about that is I got hired at Sirius. And they said, don't ask about being on the air the guy who hired me, uh, you know, you're not going to get on the air. So under no circumstances, you to ask me. Uh, so that gentleman, like maybe two months after I started, got fired. They brought in. Somebody. How ironic. Yeah, exactly. So it ended up benefiting me. They brought in somebody by the name of Matt Deutsch, uh, who you might be familiar with. Uh, and uh, Matt came up to me and he goes, why do you look so like down when he introduced himself to me? And I said, well, to be honest with you, the guy who you replaced, promised me that I would eventually get on the air. Uh, and, uh, you know, now that he's gone, I, I, I fear that I'll never get on the air. Uh, so Matt goes, Oh, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll I'll, I'll follow through on his promise. We'll make sure we get you on the air. Oh my God. Uh, a couple of months later, somebody got sick. I, uh, I got on the air uh, with the help of some other people behind the scenes. Uh, and, uh, you know, they gave me a shot, Matt Deutsch, Steve Cohen, Nick Boblato, some of us doing NFL updates. So that's how I got my foot in the door doing NFL updates and just taking advantage of every time somebody got sick, I made sure I was available, whether it was early morning on a weekend, you know, late night on the weekend, giving up the weddings, giving up the parties, uh, and, uh, just took advantage of that. Yep. So we're going to tie in, uh, we love hearing about the journey. We're going to tie in some broadcast advice questions as well. And this is a big one. And you're a, a, a walking example of this is I always hear about guys that want to be on air, but then they get a position for a producer or a board op. Do you take that foot in the door and try to work your way up or do you stick to your guns? And maybe is there a right answer for that question? Yeah. So in regards to like going to Iowa, I think the, the biggest thing that I've learned and it's unfortunate, it's not how talented you are. It's like, you know, you have to be talented, but I think it's also who you know. And if I had left for Iowa, I never would have made like big time connections within the industry and sure. where are the biggest people uh, they're in, they're in New York city. Right. So uh, I feel that I kind of lucked out by making sure that I stayed close by to where I wanted to be and getting to know these people and taking advantage of the opportunities that they, uh, that they gave me. Uh, so I can't, you know, I also know people that have gone taken jobs like that and have extended into high in their profession, but I've also known other guys that have taken the job and say, mm. uh, and then kind of got lost in the mix and have never been able to climb out. Uh, but uh, what I would say is go where you want to be, get in front of the people that you want to be in front of, uh, and then make sure that you take advantage of every opportunity. Like people would call out sick. Like I said, I never said no. 
Uh, I still, to this day, have not missed a day because of, of being sick, because I know that there are people behind me that, that want mm. me well. Uh, and that would be my main advice is take, uh, you know, be prepared at all times. Like uh, I said yes to shifts hosting fantasy sports. I hate fantasy sports, but I told them, hey, listen, I know everything there is to know about it uh, and, and hosted a fantasy show for a while. Unbelievable. I love it, Justin. Uh, outside of reps and experience, let's talk about what young broadcasters can work on from an on-air perspective. And maybe what are some of the things that you might see on uh, younger broadcasters that you feel like they need to polish up on? So uh, two things, I guess. One is do who you are. Don't take too much advice because then you overthink it. Right. So I would have people throughout the course of my career, you know, back in high school, back in college. Hey, if you want to break into broadcast, you got to change your voice. Uh, and I never did that. So, uh, you know, just stick to your guns and, you know, all the, the greats. And I'm not even putting myself on the level of the greats, but the people that are at the top of the industry do it how they want to do it. Yep. Like, uh, you know, Chris Russo is very unique. Adam Shine is, is very unique and other aspects like Howard Stern is very unique where they have somebody in an executive seat, maybe or a teacher or professor telling them to change. Uh, so just do what you're confident in. If you fail, at least you failed doing it your way. Uh, so that's one piece of advice. And the other one is just to, to read uh, everything that you can possibly read because you know, you're competing against, especially, I guess, at a national level or a bigger market, you're competing with people that have been around for longer. You got to know your history. Yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, if somebody calls up and, you know, they want to talk about in my industry, say magic or bird, uh, you got to know how to talk about magic or bird or Jerry West and Bill Russell or Oscar Robertson. Uh, and you got to make sure that you can do that at a high level because the guys you're competing against, uh, you know, might be older and have actually seen these guys play in person. So you you got to know what you're talking about. So those would be my my two things is to do it your way. And then also to make sure that you've read everything and you go on the air knowing what the hell you're talking about. I think the big struggle when trying to land a, a hosting gig in a specific sport is they want to have a quote unquote former player or an analyst as an analyst. Yeah. What do you think separated you in a, in accomplishing this and getting this this show I mean, when you think of NBA, Sirius XM radio, it's just in Germany. Yeah. So, uh, well, thank you for saying that. Uh, number one, I appreciate it. Sure. Uh, and two, uh, I think it's just proving that you know what you're talking about uh, and, you know, doing it passionately. And, uh, you know, the, also the squeaky wheel gets the grease, I guess. I had been at Sirius for years uh, and I hadn't... Uh, uh, you know, extended, I was doing updates, I was filling as a host, but I always kept like bugging them, hey, when the NBA is is ready to jump on board, because the NBA station can always exist, I'm ready to like be your face of it. Yeah. Uh, and then once I got the, the gig, again, having read, having prepared. Um, You're ready for the moment. I was ready for the moment. Like uh, for years, I hosted in college football. I grew up in the Northeast, listening to Mike and the Mad Dog. Right? They, they, you know, that wasn't there for like college sports in the Northeast, listening to WFAN in New York. You know, college football is not your thing. But I knew college football inside and out because mm. I knew if I wanted the job, I was going to have to know it. That's big nationally when you're hosting an all sports show. Uh, so, yeah, just again, goes back to like knowing what you're talking about because you can expose a, a fraud or somebody that know, you know doesn't know. And then why ever go back? Right. Like so when I personally, when I hear somebody make a mistake or not know what they're talking about, I never give them a second chance because I'm going like, well, why do I trust this person? In the sure. Future? 
right? So it's like the Joe DiMaggio line. You never know who's watching for the first time, but you never know who's listening for the first time. And if you make a mistake, like, why are you going to go back to that person as a source and like trust them uh, if, you know, they don't know what they're talking about? And it might just be one slip up, but you got to make sure you don't slip up even once. Why do you think you and Eddie make it work as a duo? It's very difficult, I guess, to form chemistry. Eddie and I, and then this is going to happen all the time when you're with somebody for like eight years, talking to them for three hours a day, is you're going to have your fights. Uh, and I think our willingness to disagree uh, and to state that we disagree kind of separates us from a lot of different people in the industry. And I'm not saying other people don't do it or special, but I, I do feel like we just don't agree with something to avoid a fight. Uh, and we also recover from our fights very quickly mm. as well. Like we will have a, like people ask, is it fake? It's not fake. Like when we're yelling at each other and disagreeing, it's legitimate. Uh, but we could be like, you know, wishing death upon each other, like one second, go to break, scream at each other through the entire break uh, and then come back on the other side and like be laughing about something. So I think uh, it's just our ability to like not hold grudges and to get over something very quickly that has led to like long-term success. Uh, because if we held grudges, uh, the show would have been done within a year. It's like you got, it's like a shooter. You got to have short-term memory. Exactly. And Eddie's, Eddie was a shooter uh, when he played. So, uh, yeah, so that definitely helps. So there's a lot of things about Eddie that drive me nuts, but I do give him credit for like getting over things very quickly and not taking things personal. A hundred percent. I want to, this is a question. I haven't asked this question to, uh, any other host because I, I didn't even think of it, but just in this day and age where Twitter is just a juggernaut and you're yeah. going to get sometimes these accounts that may report news that didn't happen or a quote that, I mean, we've seen it on other outlets. I'm not going to name their the networks, but um, there are certain Twitter accounts out there that have stirred the pot and yeah. have honestly made it on air. Does that scare you at times? How do you kind of go yeah, about that? I got that? caught once. I'm not afraid to admit it. Like I got caught by that ball sack sports. Uh, so I blocked them on Twitter uh, and I forget what it was. It wasn't like a major news story. I think it was a quote uh, maybe from Marcus Morris uh, about maybe something in regards to Jokic. Uh, oh, and he said something and he didn't say it. And then, you know, I came back and I, I was embarrassed. I was really annoyed. It was one of the few shows recently where I came away going like, uh, that wasn't fun, you know, because you take great pride and again, being accurate uh, and passing along information that's correct. Uh, so I guess that helped in that it forced me to like just vet things a little bit closer, but yeah, no, that's, that's scary. And it helps also, I think that we're on radio. So it's more of a relaxed style where like you're on television and you're a news anchor and you're like reading off a script and you're like stumbling. Uh, I think that's like a, you know, probably a bigger deal maybe more embarrassing. It's almost uh, a little bit endearing when you're mm. on the air and you make a mistake and then you can, Hey, I'm an idiot. I'm a moron. You know, I'm, look at me. I'm stupid. You know, I, my Emerson college, I went there. They didn't give me a proper <laughs> education, make fun of me all you want, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's not fun, but, uh, you take the blame and you kind of just uh, joke about it. <laughs> I love the honesty. Cause I honestly didn't know that that happened to you, but I'm, yeah. I totally respect you coming out and saying it. So thank you for, for being honest about that. Charles Barkley just uh, apparently uh, to Andrew Marshawn, according to him, just agreed to a $200 million, uh, deal with TNT over 10 years uh, to stay with TNT. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? Well, I mean, it's he. So, and I tweeted about this actually earlier today as well. Uh, he's the guy that 
just says whatever he wants. And I think too many people in the media industry are fearful. And I like to think that I speak my mind as well. And you know, listen, I got a connection to the NBA. Like the NBA could say, we don't want Justin like right. hosting shows on Syracuse under our umbrella anymore. And I still feel like I'm one of the tougher people on the league, on players and speak my mind. And I'm appreciative of like Adam Silver and the entire NBA community, uh, like allowing me to do that. And Eddie does the same thing. I feel like we're two of the harsher critics of players and, and the league. Uh, and again, like, I think that that uh, is a credit to the league for allowing us to do it. Sure. But that's what people want to hear. They don't want to hear vanilla analysis or you saying like, I feel one thing, but I'm going to say the other because I'm fearful of like the blowback. Barkley says whatever he wants. And there's very few people in the industry that do that. Uh, and I think very that's few that can is because he does say what he wants. Like he said something about San Francisco, uh, you know, back, I think during the, the playoffs and, you know, about rain washing away all the, the dirt and stuff took a lot of blow out, uh, you know, blowback. He's done the same thing about women in San Antonio. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of people that find that disgusting. There's a lot of people that agree, whether you agree or disagree. I think it's refreshing that somebody's stating an opinion without being fearful of the repercussions. I'm not going to let you out of here without the one question, the burning question. What's your expectations of my Miami Heat? Uh, oh, well, first of all, I'm not sure if you're too familiar with some of my work. I take, I would say like the cities where I am not welcome are Miami, Oklahoma yep. City with my criticism of Sam Presti. I listened to you on of, Simmons, yes. Oh, okay. So you got my uh, Bill Simmons appearance there on the Miami Heat. Uh, and, you know, and like, so I... First of all, let me just say my feelings on Pat Riley, Andy Ellsberg, everybody running that organization, is they clearly know what they're doing and they're talented. My issue has been that it's the easiest place to put together a winner as a result of where it's located. Uh, you know, very player friendly with the nightlife, the beaches, the weather, uh, no taxes. So I think they have an advantage over everybody else. Uh, and that's why I kind of get critical of them is there's no excuse for them not to be good. Uh, I did not, not like their all. Outside of Charlotte, who had to deal with the coaching embarrassment with Kenny Atkinson turning the job down, Miles Bridges, and I guess, uh, uh, you know, James Booknight just got in trouble here yeah. as well. Like, they've had a disastrous offseason. But of the contenders, I thought Miami had one of the worst offseasons. I'm sorry to say, Steve. Uh, you know, you allowed P.J. Tucker to go. You didn't replace him. Kyle Lowry was out of shape last year. He's going to be 36, as, you know, he's older this year. Uh, so I also felt like they kind of lucked out a little bit in the playoffs because they faced an Atlanta team that was injured. They faced a Philadelphia team that was injured. I don't know what the hell Boston was doing in that series. Boston probably should have won it in five or six games. And that's a credit to Eric Spolstra as one of the two or three best head coaches in the sport. Uh, but I honestly think if they do well this year, it's going to be based off the fact that Eric Spolstra is such a good head coach. Mm. I do not think that Riley did a great job this year with the roster, and I can't see him getting back to the conference finals. If they do, that means I think something went wrong elsewhere in the East. First and last time this guy's coming on my podcast. <laughs> Justin, can't thank you enough for jumping on right after your show. This is great, and uh, it's great to meet you. And if you're ever down in Miami, I don't know if you're allowed, but if if you are, let me know. I'd love well, to you meet could, up. If you be my bodyguard, then I'll, <laughs> I'll certainly come down and, uh, you know, I'll partake in uh, uh, some Miami nightlife there, Steve. I, love I that. appreciate you having me on. All right, Justin Termini, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure to check out all the other podcasts on BarrettSportsMedia.com. The articles, we got you covered. We are in the thick of things. The sports equinox. I'm so fired up. If you couldn't tell, I'm grinning through the microphone right now. I love basketball. Uh, we have hockey back. We're in the middle of kind of football. Kind of middle? I don't know. College football. It's a sports equinox, ladies and gentlemen. So we've got to mix this up here. We had an NBA guest this week. 
who knows what we have coming next week. But you know we have you covered. Thank you, everyone, for your support. We will talk to you next Thursday here on BarrettSportsMedia.com. Thank you for listening to the Sports Talkers podcast with Stephen Strong. A reminder that each episode can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcasting platforms. To stay up to date on future episodes, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.